Hey, good morning, TRC. So happy that you are here. My family and I are visiting our sister church in Oaxaca, Mexico. It's been a couple years since we've been with them, so I'm excited to be there. Um, a couple of announcements before we get into the message. I want to remind you the way we do giving here. If you're here in person, you have two options to give. You can give in the back via check or cash, whether you're here, listening online, watching online. Anyone can give by texting the word GIVE to 479-777-4264. Also, Friday, July 22nd, we head to Feed the Children. We'll leave here on Friday morning, come back Saturday morning. We've got a sign-up sheet in the back. For those of you that already know, you're ready, you're, you're wanting to go, go ahead and sign up. We'll start getting our hotel rooms and uh, everything else ready. Go ahead and find your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21, all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 33. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21 to the end of the chapter, says, and further, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's words. He did this to, to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. I ask you, God, to help us to understand your word, help us to receive your word, but God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, amen. Amen. So marriage, I think we could all agree, can be very beautiful, and it can also be absolutely miserable. And I think it has a lot to do, or I don't think, I know it has a lot to do with the way that we do marriage. And, and just for fun, I want to look at what King Solomon says about marriage, okay? So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 we're going, to, we're going to read four different areas of Proverbs. This is King Solomon's writing. Proverbs 18.22, The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. Aw, so beautiful. Proverbs 21.9, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than, than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. So miserable. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 12, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. 
Aw. Proverbs 21, verse 19, it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining, and some versions say nagging wife. So miserable. So what I want to do today in our time together is I want to break, I want to do, I want to break down two myths that some people believe or have formed out of just misinterpretation of the scriptures. So I want to break down two myths about marriage. And then I want to give you two very practical pieces of advice that we can pull out of Ephesians chapter 5. So myth number one is this. And I'm sure every one of you has heard this one. God has the one picked out for us. And it's our job to find that person. Come on. Everybody's looking or everybody has been or everybody has looked for the one. The, the soulmate. The, 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 the one and only. And you know how ridiculous that is. Because all it takes is for one person to get it wrong, y'all. One person gets it wrong, and they get it wrong for everybody. And they mess it up for everybody. And it's not so much, it's not so much that, let me back up. So many people are unhappy in marriage because they think that they married the wrong one. They think they messed up, married the wrong one, and the one is just floating around somewhere for them. So I want to help you this morning, okay, if... If you've ever wondered, out of 7 billion people in the world, if you married, if you are married to the right person, okay, now I'm, I'm speaking to married folks right now in this moment. If you've ever wondered if you are married to the right person or not, I'm going to help you out. It's what I want you to do. After church, go home, find your marriage certificate, and if their name is on the marriage certificate, you're married to the right person. I'm going to pause because I know you are laughing right now. Really hope you are. So it's ridiculous to think that there's just this one person out there that we're supposed to marry. And they may, they may or may not even be in our county or state or country. And, and, and now, now let me talk to you, uh, to you single people. Listen, instead of looking for the one, instead of chasing and, and, and searching for the one, stop spending so much, so much time and energy looking for the one and start becoming the one. Like, I'm sure you have all of these qualities in a person whom you'd like to be uh, in up with or married to. And, and, and if you don't, I would encourage you, write, write a list of of qualities that you would like for that person to have and then after you write that list out what I want you to ask yourself is why in the world would that person choose you like we've got to get listen to me single people you've got to get to where you're working on yourself more than you're chasing and pursuing that one whoever it is work on yourself become the type of person that the person you're looking for would be attracted to so it's a great myth that there's the one because God is more concerned with how we do marriage than who we marry. I'm going to say that again. God is so much more concerned with how we do marriage than who we marry. 
I'm going to tell you one of my greatest pet peeves, one of the things that annoy me the most is when a young couple is going to get married and they're surrounded by a bunch of people who are telling them, don't do it. It's a mistake. Don't, don't you get married. And it's so frustrating to me that people who are miserable in their marriage because they're doing it wrong, because they're jerks to their spouses, and they think that because that's the response they get out of their spouse, that that's the way, and the way that's because that's the way their marriage looks, it's the way everybody else's marriage is going to look. And no. God designed marriage, and he designed it to be beautiful. And so God is so much more concerned about how we do marriage than he is who we marry. Myth number two, and a lot of people bring this out of uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and that is that the husband leads and wives adapt and follow. The husband leads and wives adapt and follow. And, and let me... Let me take it a step further and say that, and I know because I've sat through the messages every now and then or back in the day, somebody would get the Bible and read these scriptures and say, you women, you need to submit. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I wish I could just read. I wish I could just read verse 22 to my wife and say, there you go, honey. The word says, submit to me, and you should do whatever. Yeah, that would not last very long in my home. So it's not about her, it's, 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 it's not about an, an absolute authority. It's not about the final word or the only word. It's not about having or, or, or having to say so in every decision. And in which, by the way, let me, let me also include this. When Paul is writing to men and women, he's also assuming that he's writing to godly men and women. Like he's assuming that you're following. Remember, remember we've, we spent about three weeks on, on, hey, now that you're part of the family, now that you're a part of the kingdom, now that you're a child of God, it changes the way that we act, the way that we live. So he's assuming we've got all of that down. And so he's assuming that we're, we're, we are godly husbands. And because he assumes that we're godly husbands, he, he assumes that we understand that it's not an absolute authority. You say or you do whatever I say because that's the way it is. It's not that at all. But it's a sacrificial type of leadership. It's, it's, it's a leadership that puts her and the family's best interests first. Not mine, not the husband, not the man's, but the family's first. We'll talk about a little bit more about that in a little bit. I want to get into two keys, two very practical keys that we can use for a great marriage. Now, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 sums up what Paul is saying in verses 21 through 32. He says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So two keys, two very practical points. I'm going to speak to the women and then if we have enough time, we'll get to talking to the men. Just kidding. Number one, wives, respect your husband even when he doesn't deserve it. Respect your husband. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I want to tell you this, ladies. Ladies. You have no idea 
how much respect means to a man. And it's, and, and maybe I know it seems silly sometimes to, to you ladies, but it means the world to a man. A, a man won't fight you because, or fight a, another person because they don't feel loved. Right? Like they're, they're not going to throw down because they don't feel loved. But they will throw down if they feel disrespected. Respect, and it's the way God wired us. This is why God is. This is why God is telling the wives to honor and to respect their husband, because this is the way God wired us. Matter of fact, there's a really great book. If I would recommend that each couple read it, it's called the Five Love, Love Languages, and uh, one of the there's of the five love languages. One of them is words of affirmation. And I'm, I would just, I would be willing to bet, which obviously is hand in hand with respect, and, and I would be willing to bet that if every single man in this room right now or listening to this, to, to this message, if every single one of y'all took this test, there's going to be two that I would better on it. One of, it, one of them is physical touch because you a dude, you know. <laughs> physical touch is probably going to be on there. But secondly, it's going to be words of affirmation. Because what you say to us, the way you speak to us, the way you build us up, the way you respect and honor us, it moves our spirit and it moves our hearts. And I'm telling you, ladies, I, so many, so many women try to get their husbands to do what they want them to do by withholding the respect that they crave. Like they, they want, they're, they're expecting to get the love that they want by withholding the respect that they crave, and it does not work that way. But on the other hand, if you begin to show respect, not, and not only when they deserve it, and, and this is, I know it's difficult. And I'm sure there's some of, some of you ladies that are thinking, well, he's not done anything honorable or respectful in a long time. And, and I get that. And I'm sorry. I really am. And I hate that for you. But the reality is God isn't calling you as a wife to respect your husband only when he deserves it. Matter of fact, the Bible says a lot about respecting authority and and, and, and it's obviously not when they deserve it, but it's because that's, because that's just what God has required of us. And I promise you, ladies, that if you would begin to move, if you would begin to try to motivate your husband with respect, in other words, words of affirmation, and instead of complaining about his mistakes and his failures and his shortcomings and his weaknesses... If you started talking about what he's good at, if you started complimenting his strengths, if you started complimenting his passions and his desires and what he does well, if you started putting more attention on that instead of the shortcomings, who knows, he might even wash dishes next week. I don't, I don't know. Because this is the way God, again, God designed us. 
And I love the fact that God designed the marriage and he designed, the, the, obviously, the male and the female. And he doesn't just keep it all a secret from us and say, well, it's up to y'all to figure it out. And, and a lot of scientists are spending a lot of time and, and psychologists spending a lot of time trying to figure all of this out. But the Bible lays it out for us so clearly. And he's saying, ladies, if you'll just respect the man. If you'll begin to honor him. If you'll begin to just shower him with words of affirmation. And if you'll speak kindly to him. If you stop talking to him like he's an idiot, you'll begin to see the love and you'll begin to feel the love that you crave as well. And I, wanna, I want you to know respect is not an emotion. It's not something that, that is, it's sometimes not even something that comes naturally to us, but it is a verb. It is something that we do, something that we choose to do. And secondly, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and verse 26 says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So number two is husbands, love your wife. Your role is to serve her, not to be served by her. And I got to be honest, man, I got this part wrong for so long. And sometimes I still do get it wrong. But I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I grew, up, I, I grew up in ministry. Like, I don't know life outside of ministry. So I grew up pastor's kid. And from a young age, I started getting involved. I think I started teaching Sunday school when I was like 15 years old. was a part of the worship team at 14 or 15, I think I preached my first message to the actual church whenever I was about 17 years old. So, so it was, I guess, obvious from a young age that I was going to be in ministry. And something that a lot of people told me, and they meant well, and I'm talking about other people in leadership and other pastors told me this, and they meant well, they really meant well, but they told me, EJ, you need to find your helper. That's the way they would say it. You need to find your helper. You need somebody that's going to help you in ministry. And so as I am dating and searching and loving my, who is now my wife now, I didn't look at her, and, and I've repented of this since, but I didn't look at her as, as even like my equal partner in ministry, I looked at her more as this is who I am and this is who I want to be, become, and you're going to help me do this. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's the way I was taught, and it's the way I lived, and it's the way I thought about our marriage very early on. And it was actually, I don't know, I, I would say it's probably, it, would, it was probably about year three that it hit me. I'm in this, I'm in this uh, service, and I'm actually, I'm actually translating the message. I'm, uh, the pastor is speaking in English, and I'm translating the Spanish at this conference. And he's not even talking about marriage. He's just talking about servant leadership. And he's talking about the moment when Jesus realizes and he understands that all authority all authority has been given to him. 
So he understands, man, God has given me all the power over the entire world. And the very first thing that Jesus does is he gets up and he gets this bowl and this towel and he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. And it, and it took that moment for me to realize, no, 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 she's not my helper. She's, she does not exist to serve me. She's my wife, and I actually exist to serve her. And can we just, can we just get real for a moment? Can we just get real for just a little bit and, and, and just look around at most marriages in Polk County and Sevier County? And if you just look at them, don't they look a whole lot like the man pursuing his dreams of whatever? And the wife just helping him? And then they don't know why they're miserable. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to speak to you from my heart and with all love and respect, but I came to realize that if there aren't things in my life that I can actually point at and say, I've chosen not to be a part of that. I've chosen not to do that. I've chosen, I've, there's dreams that I've chosen not to pursue for the sake of my marriage, for the sake of my wife. For the sake of our relationship, if there aren't those things in my life, then I cannot honestly and truly say that I've loved her well. That I've loved her according to what the Bible is calling me. The way the Bible is calling me to love her. My greatest priority should, should be her and my relationship with her, obviously below my relationship with God. And so I die to myself so that I can serve her better. Because we're called to serve our wives as Christ served the church. And he gave his life for the church. I want to read this scripture to you, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. You hear that? She's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now listen to this. Treat her as you should. Highlight this. The last part of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Treat her as you should. So your prayers will not be hindered. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. I want you to know this. God wants to bless your life and he wants to bless your marriage. And he wants you to live happily ever after. And he wants you to have a great marriage and a great family. And he wants you to build a great home for yourself. But he's not going to answer, man, he's not going to answer the prayers of men who don't know how to treat their wives. 
And why would he bless me and why would he bless this church if I don't know how to treat my wife well? Why would he bless my ministry and why would he bless what I try to do financially? Why would he bless the goals that I pursue if I don't know how to treat my wife well? Listen, I love you guys. And I love you, church. And one of my greatest desires is to see all of you flourish. Like, I want all of you to be doing so, so much better. And I want to see you all fulfill the, the God-given dreams and goals and purpose over your life. But we can't, we can't pursue purpose if we're not doing marriage right. We can't pursue ministry if we're not doing marriage right. And I'm, I'm just, I just want to help you. Ladies, respect him. Honor him. Speak well of him. Gentlemen, serve her. Put her first. She's not, she's not your helper. She's, She's not your hand out there in the, in, on the farm. Come on. She's your, she is your equal. And it is God's design that you would serve her well. <clears throat> Let me pray with you, God. We love you. We thank you so much for your, for your blessing, for your love, for the blessing of marriage. And I want to pray first of all for those who are not yet married. Those who are single, I pray, God, that they would stop pursuing, stop chasing, stop looking for the one, that they would start becoming the one. Instead of looking outwardly, that they would search inwardly at who it is that they are and who they should become. Praying, God, for all of, all of, all of the ladies here and listening to this message. Pray, God, that you would give them the grace to be able to respect and honor even when it seems like they don't deserve it. But the way they honor their husband says more about them and their character than it does about their husband. So I'm praying, God, that you would give them grace, wisdom, and as they begin to respect and honor, I pray that you would bless it and that you would turn the man's heart back to you I pray God for every man that you would help us to be godly husbands and fathers that we would be men who not only chase and pursue our dreams and our goals and ambitions but that we would understand that we are equal partners in this help us to serve our families well and lead them well in your ways and who you are and who you say that we are. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen.
enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.